We're continuing with our, um, our series uh, in Romans called Victory. And so today's reading comes to us from Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 17. So if you uh, would like to turn there, uh, there's the Bibles under the seats in front of you. And it's going to be on a page uh, 1,121. So, and we'll refer back to it a couple of times if you want to keep that out and keep it open. So Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 17. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This is uh, the word of the Lord. I want you to think for a moment, just a rhetorical question, you don't have to shout out the answer, but I want you to think for a moment, if there is something in your life that you are just super excited about, that you're just super pumped about, like maybe it's your job, you love your job, and, and you're just really excited about it. Uh, maybe it's uh, something that you have or some product that you really believe in. Maybe it's, uh, it's a hobby that you do, but something just that you are really, really excited about, so much so that you pretty much can't shut up about it, right? That you just constantly feel the need uh, to talk about it and share it with other people. I had a buddy uh, that a couple of years ago, uh, you guys, have you guys heard of this thing called the Dollar Shave Club? Have you heard of that at all? It's, it's kind of well known now, but a couple of years ago when they first kind of burst onto the scene, a lot of people didn't know about them. And uh, if you're, obviously I don't shave a whole lot, uh, so, but if you do, you know that razors are kind of expensive, right? And, uh, and so this thing, you pay like a monthly subscription fee, and they send you new razors every month, uh, more razors really than you could ever possibly need, because also I do, every guy here knows that uh, the razors that are supposed to last a week, most of us use them for about eight months before we actually go through and, and replace it with another one. And so, uh, so my friend had found out about this, and he was just thought it was like the best thing in the world. He loved it. And more than just like thinking the, the price of the razors and the quality of the razors was good, he loved everything about them. 
He loved their branding. Uh, he loved the whole concept. He loved the entrepreneurial spirit, right, that they had. Uh, he used to love, they used to make little like web commercials. I think now they actually have commercials on TV. But they used to make little like web commercials on, on YouTube and Facebook and stuff. And he thought those were like the cleverest, uh, funniest things ever. And so he would tell everybody he could about it. That's that's how I found out about Dollar Shave Club, right? Is because he came to me and said, hey, have you heard about this Dollar Shave Club? And watched this funny ad. It's really hilarious. And he would share it with me. And then I watched him do that with every other person that he knew. And it was just kind of, I mean, it was cute in a way, right? It was just kind of funny uh, watching him do this. And I think that happens sometimes when we get really, really excited about something, when we think something is really cool, We just can't help but share it. So let me ask you guys today, how many of you feel that way about your faith? How many of you feel that way about your faith? How many of you are so excited about Jesus and having Jesus in your life that you can't help but tell people about it? I think that is something that the Apostle Paul is actually talking about in our passage today. He's talking about sharing our faith. And he lays the foundation for it. Uh, He begins by talking about something that we see run all through Paul's letter to the Romans, which which is the idea of salvation by faith alone, right? That you simply believe in the message and you will be justified. That it does not require your good works, right? That we are saved by faith and not by works. And so he starts out talking about this. Now, it's kind of interesting. Uh, This passage, you know, a a lot of people, um, it, it seems really confusing at first, right? He says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Now, when I first read that, I thought I was super clever because I, I was like, oh, I know what this means. I was like, I think, I think I know what this means. I think it's saying, like, we shouldn't ask who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell because that's God's business, not ours, right? Our business is just to share the word. And I thought, well, that's cool. I could preach on that, you know, be, be, a, be a good message to do. And I started to dig a little deeper. And while that might be a true biblical sentiment, uh, and it is, that's not actually at all what this is saying. You may not realize it. Well, I mean, it's in quotes, but he's actually quoting the Old Testament here. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you want to go back and look it up. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the people were about to go uh, into the Holy Land. And so God was one last time reminding them that the word uh, that they had been given, uh, that this was going to be where they would find life right? In the, in the words of God, in the commands of God, in the law of God, right? He wanted them to live by it, and when they did, they would stay in a relationship with him. They would find life, and he cautions them uh, to not think that this was something they were going to do or get for themselves. He says, don't ask who's going to go up and get it from heaven for you. Obviously, in the Old Testament, they didn't mention Christ yet. But he says, don't ask who's going to go up in heaven and get it for you. Don't ask who's going to go down into the deep or the abyss or the grave uh, that they could translate it as. Right? Don't ask who's going to go down and bring it up for you. Because God has already given it to you. 
And it's got the same message, that the word is already in you. It is already among you. It is not something you have to go out and get for yourself. You see, it's not about works. It's not about what you do to get it. It's not about what you do to earn it. That's why he starts with this. He says, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. So if you want to be righteous according to the law, in other words, you want to say, I'm a good person because I obey the commandments, right? Because I do what God wants me to do. So I'm a good person. I'm righteous. If you want to do that, then you have to live by it. And living by it means it is 24-7 something you are doing in your life. Uh, Without pause, without stumble, without mistake. And it's the whole of the law that you have to keep, not just the parts that are easy for you, but every single bit. And that's something that is not attainable for us. We might keep some of the law some of the time, all of the law some of the time, but we'll never keep all of it all the time, and yet that's what is required. You must live by it 24-7. And then he goes on to quote that moment in Deuteronomy 30, don't think you're going to get it for yourself. Why? Because if you do, you are undoing the work of Christ. You're bringing Christ down from heaven or bringing him up from the dead where he did his work. You see, we don't ask that question. Faith doesn't ask the question, who's going to get it for us? Because we already have it. And because we know who got it for us, it was Jesus Christ who through his death on the cross and his resurrection won for us forgiveness and new life. So where does faith turn? Not to ourselves. Faith doesn't turn to ourselves and say, who can accomplish these things? Faith turns to the word of Christ. Faith turns to the gospel message. It's funny that he quotes that little proverb where he says, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you know what gospel means? The word gospel comes from the Greek. It means good news. That we have salvation through Jesus Christ is good news. And that is the object of our faith. That is what we believe. And so when we believe it, he says, uh, for if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so we have this awesome thing that we've received. Salvation through Jesus Christ. And we did not have to do anything to earn it. We just believe it and receive it from God. But just because we do not do anything to earn it does not mean we do not do anything. Because God does call on us for action. But the action that he calls upon us to do is not for our own salvation, but for others. Because what we are called to do is to share that good news, to share that gospel, to share that word about Christ. He lays it out by asking these kind of rhetorical questions. He starts in verse 5. 
It says, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things, will, um, excuse me, sorry, verse 14. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? He who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then he says, how can they call on him? Why would they call on him, for that matter, if they don't believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have not heard the message? And how could they hear the message unless someone goes and tells it to them? We are called upon to be a part of sharing that message of sharing that good news. Because it's a part of us. Because we, too, have received it. Now, it's interesting. He says, uh, he talks about the people that are sent. And there are people that are sent, right? There are people that are called sort of full-time to do this. There's pastors. There's teachers. There's people that are evangelists. There's missionaries. And we are all called to support those people. We are called to support them. That's why we support, uh, we're praying today for Amelia Stark, who a lot of you financially supported. She's doing a mission trip to Thailand uh, to minister to people that are uh, caught in like the sex trafficking industry down there. So we're going to pray for her that uh, God bless her and that also he keep her safe because that's dangerous work. And, and we support her and a lot of you have supported her. And that's great, but it doesn't absolve us from also being a part of sharing the word. The Apostle Paul says this. Um, he says in verse 8, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. You see, it's a part of us. We have experienced it. We have received it for ourselves. We've heard the message and believed it, and it's now a part of who we are. And we are called upon to share that. How many of you think that's easy? This one I will. Raise your hand. You think it's easy? Nobody thinks it's easy. We've come a long way. We've come a long way when it comes to sharing the word, man. I mean, back in the day, this, this is the, our, the best we had was knock, knock, knock. Have you heard about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Right now, we have come a long way. Now we, we understand that uh, it's, it's always better to begin by building relationships with people. And to share in the context, we understand that we can share by example, by how we live our lives. Uh, we, we understand that we can share through service. Well, that's something Christians have always understood. But even with those things, right? Uh, even with that knowledge that it's not as awkward as knocking on a door of some stranger's house, it's still not always easy, is it? We, I think, man, when, we come, when it comes time to talk about our faith, we are assailed with fears and doubts, are we not? Doubts about ourselves, uh, doubts about the people that we are talking to, doubts maybe even about God's ability to do something in their life. 
I mean, think about it. So many times uh, I will hear people talk about this and they'll say, you know, I want to I share my faith, but I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, I, I'm not like Donald Trump. I don't have the best words, you know? And so I don't, you know, I don't know, like, what am I going to say? And what if I say the wrong thing? What if I end up actually pushing someone away from Jesus instead of drawing them towards Jesus? What if I offend them? What if uh, I end up embarrassing myself? Those are things that go through our heads when it comes time to share our faith. And sometimes it's about the other people. You know, in today's day and age, it's very easy to think and to believe that, you know what, everyone's heard it at this point. Everyone's heard it. And if they want to find out more, they know where to go. There's dozens of churches in every town. There's Bibles. There's websites. There's TV. There's radio. You can look up the Bible for free on the internet now. If someone wants to know about Jesus, they can find out about Jesus. And so does that not mean then that if they at this point don't believe that it's deliberate, that they have heard the message and rejected it and decided they don't need it, and so what good is it going to be for me to try to tell them about that same message? And maybe sometimes our, our doubt of other people turns a little bit into judgment. Because I've also seen it sometimes, and maybe this is probably more of an excuse, really, than a, a genuine feeling. But sometimes we tend to think, well, they're not ready to hear it. Where they are in their life right now, they need to make some changes before they could hear the gospel. Maybe they need to repent over some things. And all of those things, ultimately what we're doubting is God's power. Ultimately what we're doubting is God's power to change someone's life. Uh, it's God's power to bring salvation. The Apostle Paul says this, last verse. He says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard from the word about Christ. How many of you know what a trope is? Have you ever heard that expression before, or that word, a trope? They use it a lot in, in entertainment, uh, anything having to do with story. They're basically kind of like plot devices that writers recycle over and over again. So like a, a really obvious one would be that in a lot of action or heroic movies, the hero gets the girl at the end right? That's a trope, okay? Writers will use that over and over in their stories. Well, I watch a lot of science fiction uh, movies and read stories and stuff like that, and there's a trope that you see in a lot of those. Um, and usually the setting of the movie is something where they're facing some kind of a threat, like an alien threat, and it is growing and expanding and multiplying and replicating. And that's the threat, right? That it's growing so fast and expanding so fast and replicating so fast that eventually it's going to take everything over. Sometimes it's aliens, sometimes it's a virus, sometimes it's, it's some sort of technology that is just growing and expanding. And usually at some point in the movie or the, or the novel or whatever, it will get to the point where it's so big and so massive and growing so fast that they can't just blow it up anymore. Like, military force is not going to work. 
So they always go through, you know, these stories tend to follow the same structure, right? And so they go through this thing where they decide the only way we can defeat it is we got to take away its power. Take away the energy or whatever power source that it's feeding off of so that it won't be able to grow anymore and it'll start to die. And so they'll go through some massive, you know, convoluted plot, some, some big plan, right? Some secret mission to do this and they'll succeed. And now here's the trope that comes in a lot in these type of movies. In order to uh, create drama, it doesn't work. They'll destroy the power source or whatever it is, and then they'll see that, wait a minute, it's still growing. It's still expanding. It's got its own power source. It is self-replicating. And they'll say that with like horror and fear in their voice, right? We can't stop it. It's self-replicating. Guys, that's good news for us. Because that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying about the gospel. The gospel is self-replicating. He says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This means that people receive the gift of faith in order to believe the message by hearing the message. Right? The message itself carries the power to help people believe so that they can believe the message. It's self-replicating. And that means it's not about us. That means it's not about us having the right words. It means it doesn't matter if they've heard it a hundred times before. It's simply about sharing that message. And we have it because we've received it. It's in our life. The word is near you. The word is in you. Because we have experienced it. The message for today is this, that we have been given the tools that we need to share our faith. We have been given the word. We have been saved. We have been justified. We have been blessed with something that we cannot help but share. And in Jesus' name, amen.